how can I have spiritual integrity with my sex life, you know? And like, that doesn't have to look like I'm a fucking Puritan. So that's why I mean, I'm curious to ask other people about what their experience is with it, you know? What does their, what does others healing look like? everybody this is Ryan and this is Louisa and you're listening to sober sex I made a promise to myself to stop not listening what it looks like now is that I make conscious choices around my sexuality it started with putting down the substances really and starting to listen and the listening to my body has changed Morgan Neiman, a.k.a. Ducky, a.k.a. Needless, a.k.a. any number of amazing sonic and visual creative projects, is a producer, songwriter, DJ, animator, designer, and label founder of Play Nice. Hailing from Northern California, expatriating to Amsterdam, hopefully soon, we are delighted to welcome this amazing and prolifically talented human to the show today. Oh my God, that was like one of my favorite interviews that we've ever done. They were so joyful and um, so articulate and clear around their creative process and also um, sharing more sort of intimately with us about their recovery as well. I was found it hugely inspiring and heartwarming. Yeah, totally. Like what a fucking vibe. I just am so delighted that, to, that we get to have conversations like that, like where kind of people get to talk about their journey and in, in sexuality and recovery and creativity like what a fucking blessing i'm i'm just over the moon <laughs> Woo, check this out listeners we hope you enjoy it so how has the <laughs> pandemic been treating you um you know i mean it's been fucking weird because <laughs> <laughs> you've moved around a bunch right like since it's begun oh my God. <laughs> It has been a, it's been a year and some change of just like growth, strangeness. I definitely had a baby mental breakdown. Um, I went full nomad for a while, which was kind of like re-ated, I was going to say a reaction and related at the same time. So it was created. So it was re-ated to that. And, um, yeah. So like basically my trajectory was that I had my um my first North American headline tour was scheduled to start April 2020. Womp oh, womp. Yeah. <sighs> and uh, that did not happen, obviously. And um I thought I was processing it like really well. <laughs> I thought you were processing it really well. <laughs> I really I really thought I was. And then at some point I was like, I'm quitting music. <laughs> oh, and was this as a DJ or was this a live show or like somewhere in between? It was a DJ between? tour. Yeah, nice. it was a DJ tour. And um, and then I like basically like went off the grid for three months. <laughs> I was like, like I think people thought I was like dead. Like people like were posting on my Instagram being like, are you like, like these really emotional stories, which was really touching when I finally logged back on. I was like, oh, holy crap. Um, oh. Sorry. <laughs> sorry you thought I was dead. Yeah. Oh, um, that must have been bad. intense. <laughs> it, for- was, it was kind of like incredible to see just like the care. And, you know, I have such an amazing group of supporters. And on the same tip, I was just like a wreck, you know. And I just, it didn't really hit me until like kind of months later, like what that was. You know, like in the moment I was just like, I need to pull away, you know, um, I need to 
I just don't know what I want. You know, I don't know what this is. I don't know what I want. I don't know what to do. And um, I ended up moving out of LA. Well, first I ended up moving out of my house that I had been in for five years, um, staying in like a sketchy murder Airbnb where I like found blood on the sheets and stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, like trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to move out of the country. I actually really wanted to. Um, but I ended up moving to San Francisco because I was in the murder Airbnb. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm from San Francisco. Yeah. I'm from San Francisco and my, my family is still here. And my, my dad was like, do you want to come home? Please don't stay in the murder Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I had like, as part of this process, I had pared down my entire life when I was leaving that house. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and this is called sober sex, so I, we can talk about it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Let's right? go. <laughs> so it was basically, I had done like a... Uh, a a physical inventory. A searching and fearless physical inventory. <laughs> a searching and fearless physical inventory. Like I was doing a fourth step. I, you know, like I was going through everything that I had not gone through for five years and it was bizarre. Right. And so I just got rid of like all this stuff. Like I had just been, cause it was touring so consistently up until that point. Like if I didn't know what to do with something, it went in the garage. Right. right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden everything had to go out of the garage. Right. And so it took like a full month of every day, nonstop, like several Red Bulls, like just going through stuff, right? Selling stuff, eBay, offer up. Oh my God, it was so intense. And um, and I pared it down to one car's worth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. An entire garage into a car. And, and then there, that oh, entire like, car into a murder area. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so I ended up being able to just hightail it to my dad's house, right? Because I just I, everything fit in my car. I was like, "Yep, I'm coming. See you soon. Like, see you in six hours, you know." And just I just flew. <laughs> I was like, "Let's go." <laughs> Took my dog. Like, let's get out of here. You know, cancel the Airbnb. Fight with the Airbnb support. Be like, "I'm gonna die. Like, please refund me." <laughs> you know. <laughs> I hate this place. Let me go. Let yeah, me leave freely. Please help. Oh my God. It was so crazy. I found out the person who was renting it to me like didn't own the lease. It was oh, oh my God. Wow. So scary. Yeah. Oh my God. You hear stories about that shit. <laughs> like just like squatters, Airbnbs. So scary. Holy shit. Yeah. But so then I ended up staying with my dad and trying to leave the country and trying to leave the country and trying to leave the country. And I had it all set up. And then the travel restrictions like just mm. kept changing and kept changing. And I never was able to go. Um, frustrating bloody you hell. Know, they say like rejection is protection right and so i feel like it must be for some kind of reason like i just am not supposed to go right well, now i mean honestly right now the european rollout is really fucking slow because i know you were planning to leave for amsterdam which i'm high yeah. i'm really encouraging because i really want you to be closer to us here yes. in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> but i also know that like it's actually a great thing to be in america right now where you have access to vaccines and things are actually starting to open up whereas europe is still a little mm-hmm. bit complicated yeah. for totally. the first time like it just feels like America is the better place to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which is like, there is no justice in the world because we were so terrible about COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the shift with Biden coming in and just sort of shifting that up, thank God that happened. Yeah. Yeah, he stepped it up. At least with that. At least with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But no, that's so, 
you've relocated to San Francisco, you've mo- moved north, and you mentioned kind of like it sounds like a kind of which is reaction response to like a lot of grief because I know that like the just kind of dealing with waves of disappointment of things that we were all looking forward to being kind of canceled one at a time and like then rescheduled in a kind of like very optimistic yeah. but kind of stupid way. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely relate to that, like feeling mm. a lot of sadness just around like not even purpose, but like, you know, hope and dreams of, of having a career. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, you know, and I know for me, like, the one thing I always struggled with, like, in recovery and being clean and then, like, around career was, like, I, um, like, kind of my self-worth and my art and my career and how those things, like, kind of interplayed, right? And just not being able to turn over career, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just could not, I, I can't, I couldn't do it, right? And I feel like having my tour taken away was the the breaking point. Like I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm done. Uh, I surrender this. It's over. Um, and, and it really forced me to go to this place of like, okay, I cannot rely on this for self-worth, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not there. <laughs> well, also like my fingers have been ripped off. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was holding on so tight that now like I literally right. have no flesh on my hands. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, exactly. And so it was like, in that way, it ended up being really healthy. It just took this really painful process to like figure out, okay, well, without this, like, then how do I get to this point of just its self-worth? Right? Yeah, to feel worthy of <laughs> existing know? if I'm not constantly working. Oh my God. And it was like really hard, you know, and I ended up just like doing another round of steps and like, and that's been amazing. Um, but oof. Yeah. The and process. Then, how did you kind of work through that? And how do you feel about sort of going out again into the world? And Oh, my God. Well, like, it was really scary when I decided to start reengaging, like, with my career again. You know, because I did take a full three months off of just, like, I wasn't even logged into Instagram. <laughs> you know, nice. like, I was like, this doesn't exist, la, la, la. Like, I can't mm-hmm. see you, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I was kind of – I felt like I was – dipping my toes in, but I wasn't committed. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I'm putting a truck out and I don't care. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, like throwing it like a Frisbee into the air. Whatever. And, um, and it's, it's been kind of since I, I signed my lease, I think, um, here that I, I felt settled. Okay. I know what I'm going to do. I'm really starting to, um, get my footing, you know, and feel like I'm, I'm doing this, right? I'm here. I'm moving towards having this direction. And it's been really scary. Like one of the things I've realized I have fears around is just committing to wanting a mm. career again. Wow. Yeah. You know, because it felt so disappointing Painful. to lose yeah. it, right? You know? And um and I think the thing that's been keeping me grounded is is finding joy like in the process instead of the results, you know, is like what brings me joy just doing it, right? So that I can just be happy in the moment. And if it 
if it works later, like if something happens after the fact, great, right? But that's like coincidental. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to stay out of the like, results awesome. that like yeah. specifically. I mean, it's also it's fun. It's interesting to kind of hear you talk about it just because from the outside, like I find that your output on any different number of like aliases and creative projects is so like prolific <laughs> that I didn't realize you stopped because <laughs> I was just like in the, it, our perspective of like if I stop music for three months it feels like a really like if I, st- I, I left my computer at home and Rose and I went on vacation together last yeah. week <laughs> and, and it felt like a long fucking week but literally no one cared <laughs> yeah you know? totally um so this idea of like it felt like a big it felt like a big break internally but externally I'm just like so Morgan's like producing a tv show and like has like 16 <laughs> different side projects and like uh-huh. and it's so it's so it's so interesting to kind of hear about the inside job because that's mm-hmm. like we live in such a kind of consumer driven society in terms of like constantly being kind of subjected to the reflect our own reflection on social media and to to realize that like on the outside like everybody it feels like for me at least like everybody's kind of in this together because at least this mo- this moment wasn't personal you know at least yeah. it wasn't yeah. just my tour that got canceled it was yeah. everybody's tour totally <laughs> oh my god totally and I think so helpful um for people listening to this to hear that you know, it is possible to step back for a few months if you need to do that and take care of self and like go in, shut down, deny ever going back to music or whatever. And just to be in that space and hold yourself in that space and then come back, you know, if you want to and adjust your expectations going back in and, and going, you know, I just think, I think it's, it's something we don't talk about enough. I think, especially with the pressure of social media on artists, just being so highly demanding that it's okay yeah. to take a break. It's really okay to step back. Cause like Lou said, no one actually gave a fuck when you stepped away from your computer for a week, you know? Completely. I mean, I was at this point where I was like, oh, I've completely trashed my career. Right. Like I really thought that I was like, I've, I've ruined all my momentum. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the case. And like, you know, did I lose followers? Yes. Like, did I lose like monthly listeners? Yes. And are they coming back? Yes. Right. Like, it's just fucking fine. You know, (laughs) and it's so important to like acknowledge that like I can take, I can even dip, you know, and the truth, the like legitimate truth is that like, if I stick around long enough and if I have a like longevity in my career, I will regardless. Right. Because the truth is that popularity like ebbs and flows, like nobody is hot all the time. Right. And so being comfortable with that is like essential. Yeah. And even the kind of expansion contraction that is part of all natural life of which humans are not excluded, you know, because I think that there's this kind of, because we're exposed to so many of our own metrics and so many of the metrics of others (laughs) that it's like, I expect kind of a graph line to go like directly up the screen. Um, in whatever I'm doing, I expect it to grow exponentially until I die. (laughs) And like, that's not a realistic expectation or a healthy one. Like it's not actually, I, I want to be able to take time off. You know, I want to be able to have a life outside of my career. Well, and people have this like insanely short memory, like that is not like, you know, exclusive to addicts, right? And um... <laughs> and I mean, I think the, the ability to expand and contract and kind of like retreat and return actually gives a process for like self-reinvention and evolution, you know, like I think it's especially interesting because you do have so many kind of pokers in the fire with a bunch of different projects that sound different. This idea of like 
the retreat, the, even a small retreat, because it, it, I think it's impossible to fire on all fronts at all times, you know, as an individual. So even a small retreat allows kind of different focuses, which I think is super like, it keeps it fresh and healthy, especially in a moment where like, we don't really know what's going to happen with the whole industry. <laughs> you know, exactly. And the thing is that like mental health is a fucking crisis now, like in with artists, you know what I mean? Like specifically, like I'm so sick of seeing like, you know, like these in memoriam posts, yeah. you know, like it happens like all the time, like whether it's like suicide or overdose or suicide or overdose or suicide or overdose, you know, and that's why I think it's so important to call out like the lies, Mm. you know like the lies because like everybody is presenting only their best selves Mm. you know and that's valid and that's fine right but that is what it is right like these like these things like how everybody's young everybody's (laughs) successful young right you know and it's just because the only people who talk about their age are the young ones right it's like lots of people aren't young they're just not like you know successful 45 year old dj (laughs) (laughs) Successful middle-aged woman. (laughs) 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 Like you just don't put it in your bio. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's hilarious. So you just get this like skewed perception that everybody got like, you know, super famous when they're 22 because those are the only ones who put it in the tagline, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) It's like, you know, or that everybody did great their whole fucking career, but you only saw the good bits, you know? And we just like, you know, like erase out the rest and put a little white out there, you know, yeah. we don't talk about it. It's like, no, that part didn't happen, you know, cause it's like, it's not cool to bring it up. Right. Mm-hmm. No, for it's sure. like, be real about it. Just be honest, be open, you know, and like, or at least acknowledge that like everybody goes through the ups and downs. Right. I mean, uh, it's kind of to pivot that in like reflectively, like you've been super open about kind of your struggles or your mm, journey with mental health. And I mean, I think it's like super helpful to actually see somebody who works on it, you know, because like that, like you say, like call out the lie, the myth that everybody feels great all the time in a job that it's fucking hard to feel great all the time, you know, even though that is essentially what we're selling. Is, right. <laughs> is really damaging, as you just mentioned. So can would you mind kind of talking a little bit about your kind of journey, journey with that personally? Oh, my God, sure. Yeah, so I am diagnosed bipolar 2, OCD, let's see, PTSD, eating disorders in remission, and then at various other times, my PTSD is in remission too. Um, at other times I've had dis- uh, diagnoses like generalized anxiety disorder, generalized panic disorder. Um, there's one I always forget. You said sleep disorder. (laughs) Oh, I have a sleep disorder. That is not in remission. (laughs) Um, And there's probably something else, but those are the big ones. And um, and, I haven't got COVID, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) We have the screen. It's not contagious. We got the screen protecting us. We're good. We're good. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, you know, it took me, let's see. What do I even want to say about it? You know, and... (laughs) And it took me a long time to get diagnosed. I didn't get diagnosed with anything until I was 23. Uh, I started, like, you know, looking back, I can see I started having symptoms when I was 16. Mm-hmm. And you've <laughs> so been making music since you were, like, 13, right? You've been yeah. kind of doing this a long-ass time. Mm-hmm. And I could imagine that I was having symptoms much earlier than that, but I can pinpoint, like, uh, inarguably. That's what that was, right? Yeah. Inarguably, that by 16, it was like just blatantly clear, right? Like that can go 
that's a fucking bipolar episode, right? Huh. And um, but I was depressed like long before then. I can just see I was cycling, right? Mm. Um, you know, and I I came from a pretty fucked up abusive home. Um, and I'm I don't know how that contributed to it. I have a lot of history of mental illness like running through my family on my mom's side. Um, you know, it's, it has a big you know involvement in why I started using drugs so young. Um. You know, and I couldn't personally get diagnosed until I got clean mm-hmm. like that. You know, I, I did see yeah. a psychiatrist once I got misdiagnosed and I was like, he thought I was bipolar one, which means you have severe like manic episodes, right? Which I don't. I have hypomanic episodes with severe depression, right? And I was like, bro, I'm not manic. I'm on like 10 things right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm just like, trying to feel okay. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I do think a big part of my using was to – um to self-medicate, you know, because Mm. I was in so much pain and it is this huge, immense struggle, right. To, to cope when your brain is trying to fucking kill you. Right. You know, like, Oh, and, Mm. and I will say I do. So my, my process today, right. Is like, I take medication as prescribed by a doctor (laughs) and, um, and then I still cycle. Like I am not someone who, and I have tried like 40 combinations. Like my bipolar is very severe um, and it's the best we found. Right. Mm. And that's okay. Right. That's like, that's my truth. It's all good. Yeah. You know, so I have to do some, a bunch of other stuff to try to like manage, you know, so I do stuff like meditation is really helpful for me. Mindfulness is really helpful for me. Um, exercise is like essential for me. Like I, I'm a runner. I have to run and it's really good for my PTSD stuff too. It's kind mm. of like fight or flight. Right. I think we met in a hotel gym actually. Yes, <laughs> so, we did. On a cruise ship gym. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> I think, God. I think. It might a have been a hotel before. But, yeah. Um, and you know, stuff like journaling, you know, making sure I have a good support system always in place if I can, right? Um, and knowing what that could be, like, in terms of having, like, tools, you know, where I can reach out. And um, I do therapy, right? Mm. And I stay clean. I don't fucking use, you know? That's important. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah. throw a wrench in the spokes of that bicycle. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Exactly. Um, well, thank you so exactly. much for being like honest with your process and kind of where you're at because I think yeah. like as much as it's a, a myth to say that like everything's perfect and we're all happy all the time, I think this idea of like the truth of we struggle and the struggle can be one towards healing and getting better and that it yeah. can be okay, even though they're like, it, it can feel complicated is also mm-hmm. a really like special and important and like valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. You know? And the maintenance Message. that goes into that when you have mental health condition, I also do, and I take medication and, and maintenance is a huge part of staying well, you know, but it's yeah. never going to go away. It's, it's like, I just, I'm good enough, right? I'm good enough yeah. and I can kind of get on with it. And totally. Yeah, it's nice when you get into a space. I feel like the pandemic initially for me was like, oh, thank God I don't have to go out and do stuff. <laughs> I mean, I can just be with some of the the years of sort of running from shit, you know, and finally slowing down until it, that phase passed and we're yeah. 14 months in, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, initially 
taking the pressure off, I think is really helpful, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially that expectation socially, I think. How do you manage that um, when you're touring? You know, mostly I quite like it. Like I find that I like thrive on the road. Just personally, I do really well with like not very much sleep up to a point, right? Um, you know, it, and I have to watch it because it can send me into hypomania, you know? And so I do have like a prescribed sleep medication for if I like need to be on a red eye, you know? And that's something I discuss like with my psychiatrist, you know? Like I keep my team informed. Like I have a care team, you know, (laughs) we like talk about it, you know, and I have to stay really accountable. Um, Mm. and then, you know, beyond that, it's like, for me, it's like, I can't have routine and I actually don't like a lot of routine. Like I'm kind of like, I want to do what I want every day, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I do have to make, like, it's one of those things that like can help even just having a little, right. Yeah. Like it's so well known that like routine is really good for mental health, right? And so for me, I'm just like, well, I'll just do a little routine, right? So I just do it in the morning. And like every day I have this like little tiny baby morning routine. And I'm like, boom, did a routine. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Stuck the landing. Now I can fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. I feel you. I need a lot of a lot of flexibility right? Um, but also just enough to be like I take some boxes oh my god yes. just just a couple <laughs> you guys like my constant joke like my partner and I are both super like hyper structure like when I went to rehab I learned structure was the thing that would make me feel safe so that's right. all I've done for the past 15 years is like found <laughs> structures and so when Rose like gets anxiety she moves all of her furniture and every time I go to her house there's like a new furniture configuration and I have like a like tiny internal meltdown oh my god that's so <laughs> and I'm like funny. I'm so happy you're my friend and that we're not in fact life partners because I would have to kill you <laughs> I would find myself under the floorboard for sure but you guys would fucking like get along like gangbusters this is a yes. situation. Yes. <laughs> I need fluidity I need yeah. to be able to like be in my I find yeah I find that the fluidity helps me with these but it's mm-hmm. interesting because I kind of shifted from working as a performer for a long, long time into a more structured career and having to hold accountability and having clients and making sure I have to show up and be a safe space for other people. Right. And so just being like, I have to make this appointment. I have to make this appointment. You can't bow. You can't bow. You can't bow. <laughs> just like having that like be my little puppet all day. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's like, well, if that's all I do today and I stick to that, then fucking I'm, totally. I'm showing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and the endless delight one feels when the other person cancels. <laughs> like, oh. <Yes. laughs> Unless I actually want to see them, in which case I'm very disappointed. Right. <laughs> Upset. <laughs> which is which like, is like 85% of our fights are about. <laughs> yeah. Um, like two people in my life I have that theory with. Everyone else can just fucking, including the dog. So <laughs> the dog must show up. <laughs> the dog doesn't show up. <laughs> Boozy. Um, so, you know, honestly, like we were thinking about the questions for this interview and we were really excited mm-hmm. because it's like, it was honestly quite difficult to know where to begin because you have so much going on that we're like deeply (laughs) interested in in sober sex specifically yay (laughs) yay so you're like you're you're the star um so getting back to the question of pronouns um from the outside you're being like openly non-binary has been a really beautiful process to kind of watch unfold um can you tell us more about what that's been like from inside and kind of how or if it's affected your work 
Ooh, yeah. Um, it was like, okay, so basically <laughs> I've known I wasn't cis for like ever, <laughs> like ever, like ever, like so long, forever. But it like for years it was just like, oh my God, that's a later problem. Like I just can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, <laughs> nope, shut it down, can't deal, later, shut it down, right? Um, Like even like I literally remember when I was like eight, like I had like a year where, no, like half a year where I was like, my name is Max and I'm a boy. And like, thank God I have like cool parents. <laughs> like, well, I have one parent, but I have a cool parent. And my dad was just like, okay, Max, like, what do you want for lunch? You know? <laughs> cool, Max. Yeah. He's like, cool, dude. And, um, but back. like, you know, like, I've just always been very fluid with my gender. Like, I was just like, my name is Max and I'm a boy. I'm like, what's up? <laughs> and, um, so I have like, for sure, definitely been like very gender fluid and like, um, but, like, I just could not fucking deal with, like, figuring it out um, until I actually what happened is, like, uh, at the start-ish of the pandemic, I played, like, a pretty big live stream event. All these people started following me, and I ended up trending on Twitter. And, like, um, all these people started tweeting at me and saying, Ducky's my favorite female DJ. Ducky's mm. my favorite female DJ. Ducky's my favorite female DJ. And it was, like, over and over and over. And I was, like, hmm. I mean, which is like, it's, that's, you know, it's not like a, it's not a necessary qualifier anyways, but like it was wrong for like a deeper reason. (laughs) You know, I was like, this is very incorrect. (laughs) Like this feels wrong in my soul, (laughs) you know? Mm. And I was just like, I just hit like the breaking point. Like I was like, I have to address this, you know, I'm like stuck at home by myself with nothing else to do, but like think about shit, you know? (laughs) Explore um, my reality. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. And I was like, oh no, it's time. (laughs) <laughs> and um and I ended up talking to a good friend who was non-binary um and I was like all right it's time I need I need you to walk me through just like a little bit of like um how I think about this you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um you know not to make you my gender oracle or whatever <laughs> like struggling a little bit you know and the most helpful thing they they said two things to me they were like um you know, well, if you could snap your fingers and have everybody treat you exactly how you would like to be treated without you having to do anything, come out, like anything like that, you know, how would you, how would it be? Hmm. Which is just so helpful, right? It's like, a question. Right? Great question. Oh, amazing. Um, and then the other thing they pointed out to me was that gender fluidity was real, which just like was so helpful because I was like, but sometimes I feel like this and sometimes I feel like this. And I like, yeah. Couldn't deal mm-hmm. i was like oh yeah <laughs> right so i'm actually non-binary and gender fluid um it's like the two terms i would use um and it was really helpful to have those terms like in the beginning of my process and i'm shaving my head and like you know kind of experimenting with like presentation and stuff and feeling like i wanted to be a lot more like you know masculine presenting for a while and really like you know, going through my wardrobe and all this stuff and, and trying to experiment with it. And it's been cool now. Like it's, I guess it's been about a year. Um, I feel very unconcerned with what my gender is, you know, (laughs) what a beautiful freedom. The more comfortable I get with it, the less I feel it needs to be defined. (laughs) You know, I'm not a girl, I'm not a boy. It's just a big fucked up oscillating mess. <laughs> That's beautiful. Okay, so just to kind of like break it down for those who might not be aware, like can you tell us what the kind of definition of non-binary versus gender fluid 
or gender fluidity might be? Yeah. So basically, like the gender binary, right, is, um, you know, man or woman, right? And uh, or so actually, I have a great explanation for this if we have a second. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, all the time in the world. (laughs) Excellent. So there's, you know, there's the gender sphere, if you're not familiar, which is my... love the gender sphere. So there's like the way gender was first explained to me when I really started to get into this was a while ago, but um, is that there's like basically three kind of binaries for gender actually, which is male and female, right? Are you a man or a woman, Mm -hmm. right? Are you masculine or feminine, right? And then are you gendered or agendered, right? So how strongly do you feel a gender, right? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And so- Typically, non-binary, like, refers to the first of those binaries, right? Like, I don't um, exist on the binary, like, either side of being a man or a woman, Mm -hmm. right? And that's it. It's a big umbrella term, right? Like, there's so many genders underneath, within, inside, you know, non-binary, right? So I can be non-binary, gender queer, gender fluid, gender... um, you know, by gender, um, you know, there's there's a, a big old list that I'm not going to run through we'll be here for a while. Um, you know, and gender fluid means my gender changes, right? You know, that I, I can exist at different points in the gender sphere, right? At any given moment, it might be a different constellation of yeah. where you're at. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. right? So someone could be like, you know, good examples are like, maybe I could be butch, but a cis woman, Right. It's like easy or like very femme, but it's this man, right? Those are easy ways to like consider like, you know, what is like, you know, masculine versus feminine, but still like existing in like a different binary or I can be like a gender and really not experience my gender at all, right? Which is like lately how I've been feeling a lot more as I'm just like, ugh, gender, I don't know her, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Which is so interesting because I do feel like a, a strong part of your kind of like, or in the past at least, maybe not presently, like your creative presentation has been like a not it's weird because it's not necessarily hypersexualized but it's like a like very kawaii like anime superhero (laughs) hero heroine Uh yeah and that but yeah but it's cool to but I also kind of watch watching you evolve into like more of like a skater boy (laughs) yeah and that's it's 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 beautiful that you get to kind of oscillate and you don't like you're shaking the shackles off of kind of needing to choose Thanks. Yeah. I think that like, um, it was interesting. Like I was thinking about like the, cause obviously I knew we were going to have this interview and I was thinking about like, you know, is the original ducky character like sexual, you mm. know? Yeah. I was thinking and about it that was too. Something it's I thought like about a persona. <laughs> well, it was something that I actually considered a lot when I was like conceptualizing the branding for the original ducky character. Right. And, and one of the things that I really wanted to do with creating the character right, was to avoid, you know, as someone who identified at the time, like as a cis woman, Mm. right, was to avoid a lot of the traps of like being a female DJ, right, Mm. Um, while still getting to engage in like being hot, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so basically what I did is like, because she's not real, it, it gets to, it removes the sexuality, right? Oh, yeah, because it's not like an actual kind of erotic space that you're occupying. It's a character. Yeah, exactly. So like it it can be – it's a character, right? So it can be hot, like in this kind of vague, removed, strange way, right? Anime hot. There's no sex, right? (laughs) 
there's yeah, no right. sex. It's not in a physical space, you know? And so in that way, I was trying to avoid a lot of the traps and pitfalls of, of being turned into a sexual object. Hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and also creating like an amazing boundary for yourself within that as an artist. I think right. that sounds really sane and sensible to kind of protect your public persona versus who you are as Morgan, right? It was really helpful. And it was interesting because I thought about it too. And, you know, my, like my sexuality and like my kind of like sexual nature, like really was very separate from my art as Ducky specifically for um, a long period of time. Like I was very sexual in my work up until like basically when I got clean and which is also kind of when I started having real success. Mm -hmm. Right. Hmm. Um, and I kind of drew, and when I made the character, right, and I kind of drew that boundary very firmly, right, and um, and it was really only when I came out as non-binary that I started to really integrate any mention of my sexuality, like at all, right. Like with my song "True," I was like, I like cute boys, I like cute girls, right. Just like the first <laughs> time I ever really talked, I think about even just the most vague, like kind of innocent, cute mention of like sexuality, right. Which is interesting. I was like, huh, okay. Yeah, because I think I felt that freedom as like, you know, I'm not operating on that. um, Like I'm I'm not having to navigate that same space of like feeling like I'm going to be objectified in the same way. Like there's a little more freedom, you know. And there's that distance that you've given yourself to allow yourself to sort of play with that. Like like an actual character, you know. Right, yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, so I I think it's also kind of important because I remember this was like a light bulb moment discovering that like the kind of um, native physical sex, the the gender and sexuality being three entirely different islands. Um, so how would you describe your sexuality if you would describe your sexuality? Oh my God, just a mess. Everything's a mess. <laughs> my whole situation is just a mess. That's my best way to put it. It's all just a fluid fucked up mess. We're just like, I don't know. It's a fucking party, <laughs> not a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a and how has the reception been as you've been kind of more vocal about and like also kind of putting it into your work? How's, do you feel like it's, you, you see any kind of feedback or are you just like staying out of the results? It's about what I expected and I'm not paying a ton of attention to it because like I'm living my truth. So I don't really give a shit, but you know, I lost, <laughs> you know, I did, I did lose some followers and it was really strange in the beginning. Oh my God. Like I had people, I should, you not know, arguing in my Instagram comments about the validity of my gender. Holy Whoa. shit. <laughs> That's wild. You're like, That's extraordinary. <laughs> I was like, I am so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best possible. This is dangerous for my recovery. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, also, it's like the 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 moniker or the character of Ducky like operates a lot in the EDM world, and like, which is often super broy. Oh yeah. I mean, that's where I live. You know, that's, that's my space. Like I am very, I, I think I'm kind of on the fringes, but I'm there, you know, like I, I play the EDM venues and I, I wouldn't say you're on the fringes. Um, <laughs> I would say you're yeah, no. a very I mean, successful just, EDM artist. Of, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. And, uh, <laughs> just to and you. God, self-perception <laughs> is such a bitch, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and, um, 
you know, it's fucking transphobic. Like, it's a transphobic space. It's a fucking, you know, cis, white, male, straight, dominated space, you know? It's transphobic. It is. Like, there are, uh, you know, that's it. The end. It's, um, it's misogynistic. It's transphobic. It's transmisogynistic. It's fucking racist. Like, there's every, every way it can be bigoted, it is, right? You know, and someone's going to listen to this and comment some fucked up shit underneath somewhere about it. You know what I mean? I guarantee I see you down there, you know? (laughs) You're going to be like, (laughs) this will be the poll quote. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it's actually, I'm living my truth, so I don't give a shit. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> no, but so how do you kind of navigate that? I mean, or is it just a question of like, especially because, you know, we're re-entering a world essentially since you've kind of come out. Like what, do you know what it is you want it to look like moving forward? I don't really get a say, but like, you know, in in a sense, right? Like I, I get plenty of say in some ways and no say in other ways. And I've been navigating this space, you know, as someone who is not welcome already, right? Because I'm not a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. You know, so I have years under my belt of, you know, being the uh, the other, the underdog, and in those, like, in these very subtle ways that, again, I see you in the comments, you know, just work harder, just this and that. It's because mm-hmm. of something else, right? You know, and um, and it's, it's fine, you know, because, like, the truth is that it's, it's the subtleties, it's the nuances, and you just learn how to da- navigate, you just learn how to deal, and you just learn how to let it, like, you, it rolls off, right? Literally, you know? like, water and off a duckie's back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, and you do work harder, you do figure out how to be more excellent, you know, and, and again, it's that same thing where I just want to, like, this is the best part of about where I'm at now, right? Like, right now, in, in the past like month or two, I would say, is that I feel like I went through this whole process of questioning and like, what the fuck do I want? What the fuck do I want? What do I really care about? You know, and I think the thing I was struggling with even before the pandemic was like, I really wanted something I don't think I'm ever going to get, which is like, I wanted to be treated like one of the boys, you know? Huh. I wanted to get that validation. I wanted to get that fucking external validation. Mm-hmm. You're this fucking same. You fit in here. You know what? And I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna because whether I'm a fucking cis chick or fucking trans or fucking whatever, right? Like I'm just not, mm. right? And that's cool, right? Because it's actually not why I'm here, mm. right? And I think I lost sight of that for a little bit, you know, because it's so easy when you're around totally. and it's the party and the festival and the this and the that, everybody's dapping each other up and you're like, you know, you're like, I want to, like, yeah, hey. <laughs> you know, what's up, bro? You know, I'm like, I want to, oh, I want to be cool. You know, it's like, no, I I started doing this because I want to make the same space that people made for me, right? That when I was like the sad, scared, fucked up kid and I went to the rave, right? I felt better. Hmm. The end. Like, and I want to make that space like for other people, you know? I don't give a shit about like the bros, like fucking, you know, and it's cool. I really do like love a lot of the people I've met and that's awesome. And I love that. Right. And the community is great when it's there. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it's not there, I don't need to worry. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not why I'm here. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's like so fucking beautiful. And I think a helpful yeah. reminder of like, what is my actual purpose? Is to make you like me or is it to make something that's real and to make right. a space that's accessible to people who feel like I felt? Right. And that's such a, just like a ton of light bulbs went off when you said that. And I was just thinking that's exactly the reason I drank as well. The way I did, I was trying, I'd be like my proud moment in drinking was like, I can do 10 pints with the blokes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like, I can drink like a bloke. I can drink any fucking woman under the table. And I was just oh like, God, totally loved being in that space and being like carnage and watching the women like fall asleep or say I'm going to bed they're going to bed and I was like the only girl left up and just like how empowering that felt mm -hmm. like but essentially it's because it's a masculine world and I was just I just wanted to belong on like a deeply visceral level in yeah. connection mm. so thank you for articulating that so clearly because it's just like my glow slip glow stick just went yes. and was like yes <laughs> oh god fuck yes I mean, yes, yes, yes. And kind of to speak to the kid who was feeling super sad and weird and fucked up, would you mind kind of telling us about like both, either or, or both? Um, like your journey. I mean, you talked a little bit about like early feelings of non binary gender fluidity, but like what were some of the early messages you received around sex and sexuality and or? Like, what did the kind of early part of your drinking career look like or using career? Ooh, that's so interesting. One question was like, how did your, like, let's start with this. How did you, how did your drinking and using career start? Ooh, okay. Yeah, that one. <laughs> so I started, <laughs> Ooh. so I started getting fucked up real young. Um, and this, I think, is new information for the the any Ducky fan base listening out there. <laughs> this has not come out yet, but I um. So my my story is like I I was I was in a you know kind of difficult um situation growing up, and I just like I really didn't want to feel you know um, and I started getting fucked up when I was ten, you know. Wow. Um, yeah, I just, I needed to check out. I started, um, stealing alcohol that I could find. And I was also like doing, I was like sniffing like paint thinner when like, um, like, you know, nail polish remover and stuff like that. Like I was just trying to get fucked up. It's hard to score when you're in fifth grade. So <laughs> you got to make do, you know, <laughs> Freaked you know? And, and then just like off to the races after that. Right. I was like hanging out with high schoolers when I was in middle school and like, you know, and then just party time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then kind of what happened from there? Um, like how, did, you know, how did you eventually get sober? Really intense, right. Oh, yeah. So high school got real intense real fast. I was like very into drugs. You know, I'm from the city. It's easy to pick up. Um, kind of peaked in college, um, which was not when I got clean, you know, but um, kind of went up and then and then kind of a gradual decline, like in terms of like use, um, um, in terms of like the the quote unquote heaviness of the drugs, the hardness, right. Which does not really mean anything about how okay I was. Right. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I was not doing okay. It was just that they ceased to be uh, an effective solution. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I was like yes. still having anxiety, still having feeling my feelings, even though I was high, that kind of thing. So I just started running through them. I'm like, that one doesn't work. What about that one? That one doesn't work. What about that one? That one doesn't work. What about that one? Right. And I ended up, you know, I pulled a geographic to end up in LA um, uh, took a, took a sober month to prove I could do it. <laughs> prove yes, I could do it, drink myself into the hospital. <laughs> 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 
backlash. <laughs> How long did that take? <laughs> like a day. <laughs> like a day. Love <laughs> it. Oh. oh, yes. And um, quit drinking. And then um, ended up just smoking weed. And, you know, I had I had um, an anxiety prescription I couldn't take as needed. There's plenty of meds I can. That one I just specifically can't, like couldn't, right, mm-hmm. for me. Um, and... And I hated being high. <laughs> I hated Aww. smoking weed. And I couldn't stop. I literally couldn't stop. Oh. oh, my God. And so I was so anxious from being stoned, right? Oh, and so I'd take that out of hand yeah. and just fucking pass out. Uh. <laughs> and I would just do that for – and I did that for, like, months, months. Mm-hmm. And I was just in this apartment in L.A. just by myself, just smoking weed and taking fucking pills, just, like, passing out. And it was so tragic, right? Oh. My life was so small. And I was, like, so anxious. I, like, literally couldn't walk down to the Walgreens. I was a block away to, like, buy pencils to do my crossword puzzles, which were, like, the only things I could do, right? So sad. And um, and I would, like, call my weed delivery service and be, like, can you bring me pencils with my weed? Because I'm going to get them. <laughs> I can't leave the house. The <laughs> yeah. They'd call be, like, uh, okay. I mean, you're buying a lot of weeds. So, like, whatever. <laughs> and then nothing happened to get me sober. Like, I literally just – um. I had this like moment, you know, it was very boring. I just looked up um, and I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to be a person. Hmm. Huh. You know, I was like, if I don't figure out how to be a person without drugs, I'm going to do drugs until I die. Mm. And it's not that and fun right meeting. now. Oh my God. It was just like, <laughs> it was just nothing. I was like, oh my God, mm. this is it. You know, like this is, there's two roads, right? Mm. Inside you, there are two wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Which do you feed? Oh my god, so funny. <laughs> right? And um and and I went to a meeting like the next day. Wow. And, so so like, did you know did you know people in recovery and had they floated floated the idea <laughs> to you? So I had a therapist who like eight months prior had been like, maybe a meeting. And I was like, no. And then I had <laughs> asked like a week before, I think I had mentioned to a friend, like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe it would be interesting. Where did you go? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I was like poking around. No, 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 no. I, I remember when I went to, um, when I drank myself into the hospital, I asked where he went, but I didn't oh. go. I just didn't go. Yeah, there we go. And, um, but so I knew where you could go. Um, and I went the next day and it took me like a week to decide to actually do it. And I've been clean ever since. That's awesome. Wow. How long yeah. has that been now? Oh my gosh. It's, it will be six years in August, as long as I stay clean, which I am planning on. <laughs> Just got to do the work. Fuck <laughs> oh, yes. That's awesome. And do you use 12 step? Is that your kind of your basis? And is that where you tap in for your yeah. nourishment? Life? And so kind of simultaneously to that journey, how, like, what were some of the, 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 the part B of the earlier question was like, what were some of the early messages you received around sex and sexuality and kind of how did that weave in with your recovery? Because I think part of the reason we started the podcast is that I think that a lot of times when people get clean and sober, like it's a total mind fuck when it comes to talking or experiencing or navigating sex and sexuality, you know? So I think yeah. part of the, part of what we want to discuss here is kind of like, how did you, what was that experience like for you kind of getting into getting clean and sober and like being left with learning how to be a sexual being without drugs oh and alcohol. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's the best. It was so weird. <laughs> so like, um, I got into a relationship right away. 
Yeah. It's a mistake. Don't recommend it. Anyways, so like, you know, there's a suggestion, you know, that you don't get into a relationship in your first year of recovery, right? And um, I understand why they say that. I've yeah. lived it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have for sure lived it. And um, oh my God. You're like, there's so many like, hot, crazy people here though. <laughs> oh my God. I, and like, you know, this person was not clean. Like I was just like, nice person. I'm the <laughs> mess. Hello. You know? And, um, and, and they seemed really nice, you know, and they were really nice for about three months until I started to improve, mm-hmm. huh. you know? And then they were like, no. And it turned out to be a super abusive relationship. And I had oh, built my God. foundation like with this relationship in it and I couldn't get out and it was mm. a disaster, you know? And so I will just say like emotionally, that was really difficult. Sexually, mm. it was kind of very safe in the beginning as a way to explore until of course it wasn't. It was mm. a disaster and a nightmare, right? Mm. But that was just more emotional abuse than than anything else. Um, uh, so I will say definitely understand the waiting because you, you bring – all the patterns and the bad picker and the, you know, the inability to have that clarity. Right. Um, so I get it. Uh, that being said, after that, what ended up happening for me is like, all of a sudden it hit me that like sex is an intimate act. (laughs) (laughs) I love it's always like a fucking incredible revelation (laughs) for addicts. Oh my God. What? (laughs) Oh my God. It was just like this, this huge light bulb moment where I was like, intimacy. The <laughs> transaction that was sex pre getting sober. I remember this moment uh, of being jokes. with his mind now husband in bed and him just being like, Hey, can we do something else apart from have sex? Because I was just like, That's all. I was like, If you hang out with the guy, you just fuck. Like, right. this is what we do. Right. Oh and God. so, and him wanting to like have it. And I was just like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And his face just being like, yeah, I'm just completely de- demasculated in the face of Aww. like, and your inherent masculinity as a woman to yeah. just put me in this place of like, all you're here for is fucking, <laughs> yeah, I just want to get on your dick and that's it, you yeah. know? Which is, which is fine if that's what, you know, the relationship is. But right. <laughs> but I just didn't know how to otherwise. And I'd considered myself a successful person in relationships right. uh, until I got sober yeah. and actually looked at it, you know. So funny. So how did you yeah. talk about intimacy? You know, I took a long space after that where I was like, okay, nobody is allowed to touch me because you're all fucking strangers. <laughs> I don't know any of you. <laughs> and, um... And then what ended up happening? God, you know, and then I started trying to date for a while and and it, I just kept causing wreckage and causing wreckage and I needed to do, you know, steps. And um, and then and then it was like relationships, you know, and I started – it was mostly through the context of relationships, right, you know, and building like legitimate – I had to build trust, I realized, you know. So it was um, – for me, that process had to happen through like – genuine intimate relationships for a while right where like I I needed safety or at least the illusion of safety (laughs) (laughs) you know in that moment a feeling of safety right um to to get comfortable and 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 it was pretty easy like to ease into that once I felt some trust right 
And it was really only for me, like what I realized was missing was that I didn't know how to set boundaries. Hmm. That was really it. Because once I got really, really fucking comfortable setting boundaries, I was like, oh shit, you know what I can do now? Fuck casually. (laughs) 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 Like I still have to like trust, you know, someone's like vibe and, you know, I have to like know who they are, you know, it's like, but I can have like casual sex, you know, I can feel comfortable, you know, like um, not being in a relationship with someone, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel comfortable being in a lot more um, scenarios than like a serious committed relationship. Hmm. Right. Awesome. And I feel comfortable exploring my sexuality, you know, and just, uh, and what was missing was that I didn't know how to say no, Mm. you know, I needed to set myself up with all this padding Mm -hmm around myself to be like, you're allowed to say no now. Right. Mm. And that's what was the relationships were giving me. It was that I was like, this is a safe place to say no. Yeah. 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 That totally makes sense. I mean, what, like, do you have any kind of baseline boundaries that you kind of have for yourself, like going into a situation or an interaction that might turn sexual or romantic? Um, hmm, that's a good question. (laughs) That's, no, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I'm sure that I do, but I don't know if I have them like explicitly in my head, you know, I like, I don't know if I could list them. I'm certain I have plenty, you yeah. know. No, I'm trying um, to think of I have I, any. I think, I'm like, huh. <laughs> right? I'm sure I have a ton. I think most of them are pretty intuitive at this point. Mm. Yeah. Although, you know? man, it's like, I think actually that's kind of why I started get like initially started getting into kink looking back, like, because it was like... <laughs> A boundary negotiation up front made me yeah. feel so much more secure. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Totally. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's exactly – this is what this container looks like. <laughs> right. The structure, yeah, and the form. Do you – you know, you you talked about working the steps and things like that. Do you have a sex ideal that you're currently working with? So it's interesting. I did just write um, something about – um ideals for a partner, right? Again. Um, and it was a little bit different than ideals I've done in the past. It was like an exercise that someone took me through, um, where you do it and then you cut it in half. Right. So it was kind of a different one than your normal, like ideals. Right. It was supposed to be kind of like a, a intention setting thing. Right. Right. And then, um, you know, obviously I've done many times, you know, my, my ideals for sex and relationships, um, because I try to do them every time I have a breakup. Oh, cool. That's actually a really nice way to like, keep it current. Yeah. Right. Because I was learned something, so they need to be updated. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I, although, you know, I gotta say it's been a while. It's been a while. Your boy is single as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Is that like, are you stoked about it? Or is that kind of something that you'd like to not change? I don't know. That you're like actively seeking, I guess. I, I, it's like neither. It just kind of is. That's my best. That's my best that's cool. answer for you is like, I'm, eh, you know. <laughs> well, eh. I mean, you, like, it sounds like it's it's all kind of like in motion, you know, that like. Life is happening. Yeah. I'm on the right. apps. <laughs> you're in the bay area what up (laughs) what up (laughs) um so you know your industry being as challenging as it is is there any wisdom that you 
would like to share with younger artists, especially LGBT, LGBTQ plus artists coming up in such an environment? Ooh, oh my God. Um, for the babies. Ooh, okay. So I think, you know, there's so much, like there's so much, you know, I feel like I've come up against so much shit that I wish I had known. Right. And I feel like I've done everything. Like, I feel like I've done so much stuff the wrong way and then learned from it. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, I think take it slow. Like, take it really fucking slow, right? There's this illusion that everything has to go fast and everything has to go right now, right? You know, and it doesn't. And you put yourself at risk when you operate that way, Mm. right? You're always going to feel better (laughs) if you make a decision based in your own best interest, right? Anything that's important is not fucking urgent, Oh, I love that. It can wait. You know, if someone is pressuring you, they're fucking sus. You know, if someone wants to work with you, right? Um, first of all, artists can operate on handshake deals. And I like, you need to know that. Okay. Like everyone I work with, I, I work with on a handshake deal. That's super fucking standard, right? If someone's trying to get you to sign some shit, especially if you're small, don't. Mm-hmm. right? It's very rare unless you're signing with a major that they're going to make you sign something. Okay. If you're not signing with a major, don't sign shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, if they're giving you like a million dollar advance, sign, right? It's fine. But <laughs> otherwise, no, don't sign shit. Right. Um, never sign anything with the sunset clause. <laughs> oh, <fucking Christ. laughs> Ever. What's the sunset clause? Sunset clause is where they keep getting money after you stop working together. Ugh. Never sign that. Um, you know, and be true you to yourself. I love advice. <laughs> like, like Morgan does business. Our new podcast. You gotta know. <laughs> this is the real shit you got to know. Though. You know what I mean? Like, this is the shit you really got to know. It's like, don't get exploited, you know? Mm. It's like, and your authenticity is what's going to help you, right? Like there's all these things that are like, you know, you're supposed to hustle, you're supposed to this, you're supposed to that, you're supposed to, um, you know, you need a million followers and if you like scam this thing, you're going to do this way, right? And it's going to like make you the biggest artist or whatever and this like new platform is the most important thing and like sometimes that's true, right? Like, yeah, like I don't know, I'm on TikTok now, it's like not doing shit for me, it's fine though, right? I don't try that hard. And um, <laughs> But like, You're not going to succeed if you're fucking dead, right? Like your mental health has to come first because if you fucking kill yourself, your whole career is over, right? Right. It's over. Like what was that for, right? Seriously. There's no fucking point. There's no fucking point. If you're making yourself miserable doing this thing you like purportedly love, right? Then like what are you doing? You know, the minute you start slipping, the minute you start losing your focus, like recenter, realign, like find those people, like find your support system, your network, you know, or what brings you balance in like your um, self. Yeah. The thing that you said about like, instead of kind of seeking the the hustle, seeking the purpose. Exactly. It's not about acceptance. It's about like finding your true north and going in that direction. 
it's like the the end results like feeling like life is happening to you and you're reacting is like it's it's not that like you're always going to be playing catch up you're always going to be losing it it's about this like radical creatorship like i'm in the process right mm. Like I am in the moment, I am enjoying it, I am here and like I am creating it. And then like whatever else is going on, like it's like for your benefit, right? Because like you're doing it, right? You know, this is all great. If it works out great, that's awesome. But this is the joy right here, you know? Um, And it'll all be good, you know, because you're already fucking enjoying it, you know? Yeah, you can't so post, you can't post enjoy at the moment. <laughs> exactly. So if you're miserable the fuck are you doing <laughs> that's beautiful yeah. beautiful wisdom to share thank you so much yeah. we're gonna swiftly dive into the lightning round now Ooh. exciting exciting what's your favorite what is your snack, favorite snack? <laughs> oh god that's so hard i love so many snacks um i love all those snacks help i love chips and i love jelly beans and i love oh. um cookies What's your favorite jelly bean flavor? Oh, God. They're really embarrassing. Everybody hates them. I like buttered popcorn, personally, and licorice. Me, too. I like and licorice. also juicy pear. Okay. <laughs> juicy pear as well. Yeah. Everybody hates them, though. Adult. No. Adult jelly beans. Um, <laughs> we know you have a glorious dog with whom you've mind-melded during the pandemic. Uh, what's Ripper's number one talent? Oh, he's really – oh, my God. He's So he does this <laughs> – <laughs> He does this thing where he—it's not going to read on a podcast. Oh no! You have to describe it in great detail. <laughs> okay, so he lies on his back. So Ripper's greatest talent is his poses. So like, <laughs> what kind of dog is he? He's like a—he's just a really good mutt. Like he's like a little bit nice. pity, but he's like also like um like German Shepherd Staffy Dane. Like it's just amazing. Um, and he's—I think he's mostly Dane and Shepherd, but um, he's gigantic. So he, <laughs> He's huge. He's like a hundred pounds. And um, he lies. So he's my favorite pose that he does is he lies all the way on his back and he holds his, both of his paws like up, like he's kind of in like a corpse pose, like for yoga, but like, <laughs> like a little bit, like with his hands, like up, like, and his paws are like pulled back to his chest and he sticks oh. his tongue out and he's like fully like belly up and his legs are stretched all the way out too. And he just lays there though. Like he doesn't move. <laughs> It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So I guess Beautiful. Ripper's greatest talent is yoga. <laughs> Hell yes. Specifically corpse books. Yoga dogs. Yes. I feel like I want to open an agency for yoga dogs. Like <laughs> I'm collecting them. Yes. <laughs> what turns you on? Oh God. Um style, confidence. Um, and like energy, people's energy, I think more than mm. anything, you know? Yum. Amazing. Yeah. What do you love? What do I love? Uh, I, the word that's coming, I just, this is so corny. Do it. I just, I, mm. <laughs> do, it, no, do it, do it, do it. This is a judgment-free zone, the lightning round. <laughs> I'm in such a good mood. I'm like, this is so fun. My brain is like everything, life, oh. y'all. <laughs> so we love you too, Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, delight, delight. What is a series or a book you've recently consumed that you're buzzing about? Ooh, I'm. Mm, mm. What have I been? Well, currently I'm reading Geek Love, but I just started it, and um. 
Mostly I just wa- I watched The Circle, which was like really bad. <laughs> oh my god, is it good? Oh my god. It's I was like thinking amazing. about watching it. It's kind okay, of amazing, good. but it's really bad, but it's really good. I love really bad, but really good. Oh my god, it's really bad and it's really okay. good. I'm um, super bad. excited to check it out. The Circle <laughs> on Netflix. You've made it okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's terrible good. You know what I mean? It's amazing. <laughs> awesome. awesome. I was very invested. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, where can we find you on the World Wide Web? Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, I, so most of my social media is at Quack House. Um, you know, P-U-A-C-K-H-O-U-S-E. Uh, my record label is called Play Nice. That's playnice.online. Um, there you can also find my other projects and their links. That's probably the easiest way because that has all of my links. So playnice.online. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Morgan, it's a true pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on Sober Sex.